for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. Now, at the risk of getting a little bit misunderstood, I'm going to pose a very interesting and even fun question to you as we begin. And I say fun mainly because I love questions that make me think, even controversial questions, which this may be one of those. But in seminary, um, this isn't, isn't my question by the way, I actually learned this from one of my professors in seminary who put this question on the board, on the screen, and he said, okay, let's talk about it. And the question is, would you worship God if he was evil? Would you worship God if God was evil, if God is evil? Now, long silence in the classroom. But the thing is, this is actually kind of a trick question. Most people miss the point of the question and they put the focus on something that is peripheral rather than the most important thing. Some of you might be able to guess what that peripheral thing that most people focus on is, and that is evil. Everyone wants to talk about evil. How can God be evil? God is not evil. How do you say, how do you dare? Why, how would, could you dare say that God is evil? You know, you're blaspheming and a lot of people get upset. I've used this question at church in some different classes. I love to pull it out once in a while, even, you know, at Living Life. And some people get really upset, you know, how dare you and so forth. But like I said, it's missing the point. The point of the question is not the adjective of evil, but God, the subject, right? And I think similarly, a lot of people miss the point of the book and the story of Job. They put the emphasis on something else other than what the book is really trying to talk about. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So would you worship God if he was evil? You know, I actually thought about just moving on without really explaining the question, but then I thought that might be a little bit evil. So I'll just take a short time to explain. But um, a lot of people get upset at the idea of God being evil and that the two phrases being, or two words being together. But firstly, what is evil, right? Your understanding of evil 
kind of, I think yesterday we talked a little bit about this. It's your understanding of evil, but is that God's definition and understanding of evil? What's evil to you could be a little less evil to someone else, could be even good to someone else completely. But like I said, the main thing is that the point is not the evil, but it is God. When we say, well, I don't worship God because if he was evil, I would not, then you are placing conditions on your worship of God. But if he really is God, is that the right thing to do? Right? You get my point. And keep that in the back of your mind as we go through today, and even the, the whole book of Job. A lot of people, as I mentioned, have misunderstood and they miss the point of the book of Job. And we have to begin with this character of Satan, right? I'm sure you all were kind of waiting for me to talk about this, but now I have personally, like seriously, always taken for granted that this is Satan, right? Satan, the enemy, the fallen Lucifer kind of thing. But what if it's not that Satan, right? Now, why would I say this? I did some research, and this is not just my own words or my own analysis, but commentaries. And in Hebrew, it's not just Satan, but it is the Satan. There is an article, right? Now, you would never, and in Hebrew, same thing, like in English, you don't put articles in front of proper nouns, in front of people's names. Like you would never call me or refer to me as the Daniel, right? Or, right, the Joanne, my wife. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You don't do that. That's the case here. I mean, Satan is not just Satan, but it is always in this entire book of Job, the Satan. It's like a title of sorts. And the meaning, the, the um, definition of Satan is from Hebrew is the accuser as expressed in the NLT or the adversary. The commentary that I was reading referred to as the challenger, someone who challenges God. Now, it is possible still that this, the Satan, is Satan that we all kind of not know exactly, but you know what I mean, understand from the Old Testament, like, you know, Lucifer, fallen Lucifer, and so forth. But it is worth observing that the Satan in the book of Job is not the instigator of anything that happens to Job. Well, the Satan suggests, right? But if you follow the conversation backwards, it is God who brings up and showcases Job in verse 8 and says, hey, look at Job, look at this guy. And God is seen as equally, can be seen as equally responsible for what happens to Job. And then verses um, 8 and 9, it has been argued that Satan, or can be argued that Satan is not being evil exactly, but merely offering an alternative explanation to Job's righteous behavior, right? As in his motive. Is Job doing all these things and being this wonderful just because he loves you or I don't know, but maybe it's because he gets things from you. He gets blessings from you. He has thousands of sheep and bulls and, and whatnot. He has 10 children and everyone's really rich and happy and so forth. Maybe it's because of this condition of being blessed. So then, you know, what does it mean? What's going on? First, to break, down, to break it down, firstly, I think it's better to not think of the Satan in today's passage and the book of Job as... Satan, the fallen Lucifer, and so forth, because I think it will pre-taint our reading and our understanding, right? Kind of getting back to the first question that I, that I posed, to be overly preoccupied with the evilness 
of Satan, say, for example, right? Because we prejudge as we read and before we even see, understand what's going on. Second, Job is not the one who is on trial, nor even being tested. Technically, um, it's actually God, if you think about it, or rather his governance or his will over his creation. That's what the Satan is kind of challenging and kind of trying to provide an alternative view, so to say. Um, this, you know, the Satan in the passage and the book is saying that Job is only this upright, righteous and full of integrity because you reward him with lots of carrots, dangling carrots in front of him all the time, you know, to ensure good behavior. You, know, you bless Job all the time. That's why he's good. Um, and, you know, yesterday's passage has some allusions to this, that Job is kind of ritualistic uh, in his approach to God. He tries very hard to appease God and even, you know, pre-appease God, right? Just in case, let's burn some animals to, you know, make sure that God is happy and so forth. But here I think it's a good time to ask ourselves the important question in this chain of thought which is related to, you know, the question that I posed at the beginning. Why do you worship God? Have you ever thought about that? I think most of us haven't really thought about that and don't think about that. Why do you do the things that you do that make up your worship? Your tithes and offerings, you know, your givings to missions, your givings to orphanages, homeless ministries, sponsoring a child maybe, coming to church every week, doing quiet time, living life, you know, participating in ministry, etc. All of those things. Why do you do those things? Have you ever asked yourself? Why do you worship God? Have you ever asked yourself? I don't ask this to test you, but the answer to this question comes from and determines your view and understanding of God, the reality of God for you, which I think the book of Job tries to correct for all of us. To help you a little bit, I think the answer to the question that I asked at the end is kind of like this other question, how are you saved, right? How are you saved? If you say anything other or more than, or because of what Jesus did for me, for the world, then you are adding, then you are adding peripherals to your answer. And so again, why do you worship God? If it is not God being the reason, then you are adding peripherals to your relationship with God. You may even be placing conditions on your relationship with God. You may be placing, you know, preconditions and, you know, all these weird you know, sub-points to your relationship with God, which is not how it is meant to be. God is God, and we are not, as we all know. But at the same time, inadvertently, unknowingly, unconsciously even, our sinfulness comes and rises to the top, and we kind of try to be like the Satan. We try to oppose and suggest ways or reasons and motives for ourselves and even for God that is beyond our wisdom, understanding, or even really within our sovereignty. We have no right to do. So I leave that question to you today to think about so that we can come to the true worship and understanding of God. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this book of Job uh, that opens our eyes, slowly opens our eyes to see you as you are God. 
And uh, though some parts may be difficult to understand, um, maybe even impossible to truly understand the side of eternity, I pray that you would open our eyes to see, Lord, uh, and our hearts to receive, to understand as we worship you, uh, why we worship. Help us to focus on you as our sovereign God, King, and Father in heaven, O Lord, who loves us, who sacrificed for us so that we can have right relationship with you, Lord. Help us to have that good, healthy, upright relationship with you as we uh, meditate on uh, and do our devotionals through the book of Job. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, lifting up our eyes, stepping in closer, see you again.